Welcome to An Apple a Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. Hey, how you feeling today, my friends? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. I want to remind you, an apple a day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. So if you get a minute, check it out. An apple a day today is being brought to you by Famous Apple Designs. You can check them out at www.famousapple.com forward slash gift shop. They sell a little bit of everything over there. Coffee mugs, t-shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops. You name it, they sell it. They sell Apple merchandise over there. The famous Apple merchandise, that is. Not the computers or the telephones. But famous Apple merchandise. They sell novelty t-shirts. They got yeah, quite a few designs. So if you get a minute... Check them out. They're doing away with the old designs. They have a new designer over there. And they're bringing in some hot new designs. So, you got a minute? Check them out. Also, while you're tripping around the web, make sure to check out Living with a Disability. That's our group on Facebook. You can get to them by going to www.famousapple.com forward slash group. That's www.famousapple.com forward slash group. There's a lot of nice people over there. There are people chatting, people making friends, people asking questions, answering questions. So you never know. You may go over there. You may meet some new friends. You may get some answers. You may be able to help people out by giving them answers to their questions. It's a nice place to, you know, go and mingle and find out some information. So... Get a minute, go over there, check it out. You got nothing to lose, right? Hey, we have a good one for you today. As many people in here know, I've been in, I had a stroke and I was in therapy for many weeks. And I was in therapy for many weeks here at home. And I learned a lot. I learned more than I thought I was gonna. I thought I knew it all. <laughs> That's me, Jimmy Apple. I thought I knew it all. And I I learned quite a bit about myself and quite a bit that I want to share. And some of this may be hard to accept. I know it was hard to accept for me. I lost a lot with this stroke. I lost more use of my left hand to the point that I can't pick up anything with my left hand. I lost about 50% of the sight in my left eye. And they were doing a thing to me when I first went into the hospital called TPA. And it's a a major clot buster. And you have a 50-50 chance of surviving it. And a 50-50 chance of not surviving if you don't do it. So I figured to myself, I was going to go down fighting. And I took it. I took the TPA. My wife was with me the whole way. And during this TPA, they give you neurological tests. And during it, I lost use of my right leg. My only leg. And... I still have no use of my right leg. I am now completely wheelchair-bound, 
and I can no longer drive. And for anyone that knows me, knows this podcast, driving was the last thing that I had that I really loved to do. But we're going to get into that later. But I do want to prepare you for this. This is a little, this is going to be a little bit of a difficult discussion. And what I'm going to tell you, you already know. Because, and I know this because I already knew it. When they told me in the hospital what I'm about to tell you, I already knew this. And I think anyone that suffered a disability already knows this deep inside. But for some reason, we don't want to admit it. So I want you to sit back. I want you to maybe grab a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a cup of water, a cup of soda, something. And I really want you to relax while we sit down and discuss this today. It's very important. So sit back, relax, and let's get to this. When you suffer from disabilities, there are major losses. Everybody knows that. But what you don't realize, there are also major gains to be had. What most people don't know and will never be able to realize fully unless they experience it for themselves is that suffering major disability is similar to suffering the death of someone extremely close to you. That's right. It's a loss. It's something to be mourned when you suffer a disability. And people that don't suffer a disability or never have suffered a disability will never be able to understand this. Those listening who haven't suffered a major injury and or disability will probably be saying that's bullshit. That's nonsense. Well, you don't know unless you experience it. I can tell you firsthand, when they amputated my leg, I felt I was in mourning. I was in absolute mourning. I felt like I lost a child when they amputated my leg. Now, some people are going to take offense at that. Well, you can take all the offense that you want. I lost a part of me, and it was devastating. Absolutely, positively devastating. Again, they haven't been through it, so they don't know. A person who suffers a major disability goes through a life changing event. Again, those who have suffered the disability know exactly what I'm talking about. Life as they know it stops in the blink of an eye. For all intents and purposes, their lives up until one minute ago are over. It stops on a dime. Think about it. Again, using myself as an example, I went into the hospital with two legs. The minute they gave me the anesthesia, my life, as I knew it, stopped. I no longer had two legs. When I woke up from that operation, I had one leg. I no longer had two legs. My life stopped, and I had a a whole new life, a whole new world to try and adapt to. It's the same thing for someone who has lost an arm or lost any limb, or someone who has had major open heart surgery or someone who has lost a lung or lost an eye or someone who can no longer walk. In my case, I've had a stroke. Let me tell you something. 
I'm looking at a bunch of papers in front of me because my memory is shot. I'm reading from papers now, which is something I never did here. You hear it? I'm reading from papers. It's taken me a week, almost two, to prepare for this today. To, to have this all typed up. And I'm typing with one hand. My life changed. And people that don't have these disabilities don't realize this. Next comes the five stages of grief that we suffer from, from what we've lost from these disabilities. We go through grief just like people go through grief when they're mourning the loss of a loved one. We go through denial. We go through anger. <laughs> Boy, do we go through anger. We go through bargaining with God or whoever you believe in. We go through depression. And finally, we'll go through acceptance. We have no choice. That's what we go through, trying to learn to live with what we've lost. Again, just the same as people go through when they mourn the death of a loved one. But after that comes the self-pity. You know, the why me? The woe is me. And you know what? You're allowed to do that. People that don't understand, people that have never had a a major injury or, or a disability. They don't understand. Oh, they tell you, pick yourself up, dust it off, walk it off. They don't understand. But you want to know something? You're allowed to have a pity party. You're allowed. You're allowed to scream. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to stamp your feet. You're allowed to pound the table, curse out loud. You're allowed. Because if you keep that bottled up, you keep that in, all tangled up inside of you, you're... You're going to explode. You're allowed. But sooner or later, that pity party has to come to an end. Just like all good parties, it has to come to an end. You have to clean up, throw the garbage away, get rid of the paper cups and all. You have to put the party, put the party away. It has to come to an end. But then now what? Now what happens after you've put the pity party away? Now what happens? Naturally, you have to take care of yourself physically. That means... Seeing your doctor, going to rehab, taking your medications. Now, you got to remember, you are in charge of your health. The doctors, they're there to help. They're not in charge of your health. You are. They can't tell you you have to be here. They can't come and drag you out of your house. They're your tools. You are in charge of your health. If you decide not to go to the doctor, the doctor can't make you come. If you decide not to take your medication, no one's going to force feed your pills. If you decide not to go to rehab, no one's going to drag you there. You are in charge. So you are the one that has to make that decision, that conscious decision to go to the doctor, to do the rehab, to take the medication. And now rehab Rehab doesn't stop in the gym. Rehab has to continue at home. You have the exercises to do at home. Rehab doesn't stop when you leave the facility. And a lot of people think, well, that, you know, that's it. I did my exercises at the rehab office and I go home and I'll just sit up on the couch and relax and watch TV. Rehab doesn't stop. You have the exercises, you have to do them at home. If you don't do the exercises, like they, they say, if, if you don't do it, you're going to lose it. So it's very important that you take control of your body, of your health. You have to take control. You also have to take care of yourself mentally. 
whether that means positive thinking, breathing exercises, meditation, or if it means going to therapy or seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist or taking meds. There is no sin in treating mental illness. There's no sin in going to therapy. Forget all those stereotypes or stigmas that go along with it. Is is there a stereotype or a stigma for someone that goes to the doctor, say, for diabetes? Mental health, mental illness is just another illness. The same as cancer is just another illness. Diabetes is just another illness. You can't worry about what people think about the illnesses that you have. If I worried about that, boy. I have more illnesses than I have no non-illness, okay? You can't worry about what people think. Now, this is a big one. And this this is something that I learned in rehab. And this is something that we all know, no matter what. We don't need re, uh, rehab or we don't need counselors or therapists to tell us this. We know we have to do this. We have to accept the present. Maybe we don't want to. I know I don't want to, or I didn't want to. I've learned to accept it. But when I first got hurt, when I first became, I don't want to say when I first became disabled, because I don't consider myself broken. I consider myself a person with disabilities. When I first became a person with disabilities, I refused to accept the present. I was still living in the past. In my mind, I was going to get over these things disabilities that I had and I was going to go back to the way I was and the truth of the matter was I knew deep down inside I wasn't going to be able to but I was going to I was giving it my damnedest I was trying my best to go back to the way I was doctors told me I wasn't going to be able to do it they said to try but I wasn't going to be able to do it I fought with workers comp to let me go back to work and they finally relented and let me go back part-time on limited limited work. And that only lasted two weeks. But I, w- I was still living in the past. And I knew that I had to put the past behind me. I knew it, but I didn't want to. And I'm going to be honest with you. It was eating me up inside to the point that I had to go back. I had to go to therapy. I don't. Ad- I never admitted this to anyone before other than family. But I had to go to therapy because it was killing me inside. I didn't want to give up. And it wasn't even that I was giving up. It was that I couldn't do it. Physically, I couldn't go back to what I was doing. And it was killing me. So I had to go back to therapy. And if nothing else, you have to learn that the past is behind you. That's why they call it the past. And the more you try to live in the past, the further further away from the present you're going to be. I don't mean to sound like a cliche or anything like that. I'm not trying to tell you forget your past. You never forget your past. The past is great memories, but you have to put it behind you like anything else. Keep it like a photograph in your mind. Colorize it every so often by talking to old friends. But you have to put the past behind you. Live in the present. You have to accept. You have to learn to accept that your future is different now. You You have to learn... Your future is different than what you've known. And it's necessary. It's so necessary for yourself, mentally and physically, to try to be able to accept that. You've lost a lot. You've lost a lot with your disability. I always say, I went from making really, really good money 
the day I had my accident. I, I, I went from making phenomenal money to making $150 a week on workers' comp. It was terrible. It was terrible. And what are you going to do about it? There's nothing really you can do about it except for learn to adapt. That's all the, that's all the gruesome parts. That's all the gruesome parts of this podcast. Now let's look. What do you gain? All right, so you put all your stuff behind you. Let's take a look at what, what you've gained since you're home, since you're not working anymore. What do you do with your time? Me, I found the podcast. I love doing the podcast. Now, if I was, if I was back working at my, at my old job, I would have no time to do the podcast. Before I got the neuropathy, I was doing a blog, and I loved doing the blog. But if I was at work, working... I couldn't have done the blog. And when I started doing the blog and the podcast, I started making friends all around the world. I'm talking I'm not talking about a couple of friends here and there. I'm talking about in the tens of thousands. Now if I was still working, which I loved working, don't get me wrong, but I can't do the work that I was doing anymore. So now I found this. I found the podcast. I found blogging. And these are things that I couldn't do when I was working, but I love to do now. And I'll be honest with you, I love doing it. What have you found that you love doing now that you couldn't do when you were working? Some people like to go walking. I used, you know, it, the funny thing is when I had two legs and I didn't have the problems that I have, I didn't take advantage of going walking. Now that I can't do it, I would love to be doing it. It's always like you don't know what you have until you lose it. But I know people that have had strokes and now they're getting the ability back to walk. And now they love to walk. They call it hiking. All right, they're they're not going out and roughing it on the Appalachian Trail. But they're, you know, hiking through parks on paved trails and stuff like that. You have to look for what you like. And even though you've lost your ability to do the things that you used to love doing. There's no doubt about it. You loved it. You have to look at it like this. Your girlfriend left you and you were devastated. So now you, or your boyfriend left you, you were devastated. Now you found someone new. It's okay to fall in love again and fall in love with something that you love to do. That's okay. Some people think that because their past life is over, they can't enjoy life anymore. Some people think because they have a disability or someone says they have a permanent disability, they're locked in the house. They're they're locked to their bed. They're bedridden forever. That's not true. You're allowed to live with a disability. You're, You're allowed to enjoy life still with a disability. Unfortunately, you can't do the work you used to do. Unfortunately, you can't work to make enough money to take care of yourself. So you receive a disability payment. That doesn't mean that you're restricted to your house. That doesn't mean you're restricted to wear grave for the rest of your life. That doesn't mean that you're a prisoner. That simply means that all that insurance that you paid while you were working is now paying you because something happened. Social Security disability is an insurance that you paid into and now... You're getting the dividend that you paid that you that you paid for. That's like people feel guilty. They feel like 
for some reason, they're, I don't know, doing something wrong by receiving Social Security disability. Nothing could be further from the truth. Think of it like this. You have insurance on your car. You get into a car accident. Your car gets totaled. The insurance company pays you. This is what Social Security is. Social Security is an insurance that, as working adults, we were forced to pay into. And hopefully you never have to use the Social Security insurance. But... The disability insurance, I should say. But if if something happens, it's there to cover you. And that's what happens. So you're receiving Social Security disability insurance. That doesn't make you a prisoner. That doesn't mean the government owns you. That simply means you're collecting on the insurance that you paid into. Live your life. It's all right to find something new that you love to do. And do it. That's the good thing about this. Put your past life behind. Stop stop chasing a dream that you think you're going to go back to being, I don't know, uh, a construction worker, a truck driver. If you have a disability so bad that it's put you out on permanent disability, you know, it's time to rethink things. Accept the present. If the, if the doctors are telling you that you can't accept what the doctors are telling you and go in a different direction. You know, Social Security has Social Security has different programs that can get you back to work depending on your disability. There's plenty of options out there for you. Don't live in the past. Lift that shadow off of you and plan for the future. It's there for you, my friends. Lift that lift that dark cloud off you and enjoy life. Don't don't let the past become an anchor around your neck. My therapist told me that. When I found out that I couldn't walk, I was devastated. When I found out, well, when I found out that I wasn't going to be able to to drive again, I was devastated. I had no use for the rest of therapy. I had no use for any of it. And I sat down with my therapist in the hospital, my occupational therapist, Sue. And she, she said to me, she says, is that all your life is, is driving? And to me, at that moment, at that moment in time, I, I said yes. Because that was my independence. And I really didn't want to work on anything else. I didn't want to work on my hand. My hand doesn't work. I didn't want to work on my eyesight. I didn't want to work on anything. I was just concerned that I wasn't going to be able to drive. Not thinking that not being able to see out of my left eye was going to kind of stop me from driving too. Not being able to use my left hand might hinder the process. Just my right leg, I wasn't going to be able to step on the gas pedal at a break, and that was going to stop me from driving. And we talked about it, and we talked about the future and finding other things, and I, I kind of felt like she was telling me, like, walk it off, you know, quote-unquote. But then, after a couple of days, couple of weeks, I started seeing that there was other things in my future besides driving. And I don't want to sound preachy, but we all have other things in our future. And what I'm trying to get out here is here's your homework. Find the things that you like to do and concentrate on that. And kind of try, try to put your past in a scrapbook. I'm not saying forget about your past. I don't want to forget about my past. I never want to forget about my past. I enjoyed what I did for a living. I loved what I did for a living. But that's behind me now. And I got to learn to put that behind me. I, I can't let that eat at me anymore. Just like you can't let it eat at you. Okay? Hey, listen. Thank you so much for stopping by today. Thank you for letting me get that out of my system and share it with you. And I want to remind you. I want to remind you, no matter what, things can always be worse, my friends. 
remember that. Right now, there's somebody somewhere wishing that they were in your position, so things can always be worse. We have some great guests coming up next week and the week after, so make sure you stop by, make sure you check back frequently, and <laughs> I hope you have a great day. I'll talk to you again real soon. My name is Jimmy Apple. You've been listening to An Apple A Day. Take care, my friends. Thanks for listening to An Apple A Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.